welcome to the GBC Big Three podcast, a weekly podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions raised from our Sunday sermon. Today, I'm your host, Jess Baker, and joining me this week on the Big Three is none other than the wonderful Jodine. How are you, Jodine? Hey, Jess. Going pretty good. Very good. How, how's your week been? <laughs> so on the weekend, I was doing a little bit because the weather was a little bit overcast mm, and rainy. It was horrific. I loved it. I liked kind of being inside and doing kind of those odd little jobs that kind of irk you, yeah. but you never get time to do. So I thought I'd tackle a big one and start cleaning up my hard drives and putting them on Whoa. the cloud. How was it? Um, yeah, I deleted half of my files accidentally. Oh, no. That's one way to clear them up. But yeah. um, <laughs> didn't need any of those. Didn't need any of those. I was like, in, oh. in all my um, good actions, I just swiftly deleted a whole heap of files. I mean, at least your desktop looks beautiful looks now. looks clean now. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing on it. Yeah, oh, but really anyway. Sad. But it's like, oh, well, like, what, what can you do? I don't think there was anything um, that's going to be a huge game changer that yeah. I've lost. But yeah, you is. probably won't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> until I come to that, where's that thing? Yeah, yeah. that really important document that but aside I was of saving. That, doing good, but yeah, just hilarious. And I feel for anyone out there that's having tech issues <laughs> or done something like that. RIP. No, those rainy days are the best. I love doing those odd jobs around the house. Mm. Just gives me such joy. Yeah, Whilst the I'm satisfaction <laughs> of finishing that thing. So yeah. I didn't get the iCloud finished. I'm still working on it. It's a work in progress. But Stopped um, to cry for a little moment <laughs> and then moved I just on. shook my head and thought, ah, oh, shake it off. Yeah, very mm. good. In the words of Taylor Swift. That's right. That, beautiful. That old proverbial Taylor Swift song. <laughs> it's my anthem for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Good to have you on the on the podcast. Thanks. So in a moment, we're going to be joined by Matt Willis, who's wearing a different hat today. He's actually a preacher hat rather than the uh, the podcast connoisseur. Um, and he preached during our online services this past Sunday. Jodes and I will be putting the big three questions to him as we dive deeper into the invitation from this week's sermon. And for those of you who missed it, Matt spoke on the second principle for plan A, which is knowing. He challenged us about the importance of slowing down and taking notice. And you can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermons podcast. But for now, I want to hear from you, Jodine, about what you thought on the sermon. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, And I think the thing for me is, and I mentioned this during the service, sort of responding to it straight Mm -hmm. after Um, Matt preached was that connections are really important thing for me. Yeah. So I notice it and feel it all the time. I think for me, it's the case of too many emails in the email box kind of thing Mm. of like, which connection do you choose and, and to what degree do you go to? So I think for me, the challenge is, um, choosing and curating the Mm. ones that are going to have purpose and I guess building more, uh, resilience and maybe boundaries and clarity on, on why I do those or make those choices yeah for sure and shape those connections for sure mm-hmm. actually I think you're amazing at this I remember when you first came to GBC and you were so intentional about getting to know everyone you had like you were looking at photos of people and like so you could remember their names and I just felt really known by you Jodine so <laughs> which is exactly what the sermon was about so I think you're the perfect person to have on this on this podcast tonight. oh that's good yeah. that's positive very good I felt like what stood out for me I feel like it was just a passing line from Matt mm. but I really loved that um that kind of taking notice of Jesus wasn't sitting down with his with like-minded people he was mm. actually sitting down with like the lowest of the low and that didn't necessarily mean that he condoned or agreed with how they were living their life but it certainly didn't mean that he exiled that people group mm-hmm. and just didn't participate with them and mm. i kind of there's so many applications for today's world where christians like 
say, oh, I can't possibly hang out with them. They're, mm. You know, they're sinners. But that's exactly what Jesus was doing. Oh, it's upside down kingdom, baby. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. All right. Well, let's get stuck in um, to the questions. Um, Jodes, can you read out what questions we have today? So we've got three questions today. And the first one is, are we minimizing God's reach by thinking that he'll only connect with those we know? Second question How do we open ourselves up to know new people while also setting healthy boundaries? So this is a good question for you. This is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I think people feel that these days, don't Mm -hmm. they? And thirdly, how do I identify the people I should be paying attention to? Yeah, nice. This is the pressure of like, I don't want to miss anyone that it's important or I don't want to get caught up with people that don't really need me or I don't know. It's a bit of a it's mess. It's like kind of FOMO, isn't it? Yeah. Like people FOMO. Oh, man, I feel FOMO. <laughs> yeah. I feel it so hard. All right. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, there's only one thing missing and that is the person who's going to answer all of our questions in this world. Matt Willis, welcome. <laughs> what, are, um, what a segue. Yeah. I will not be answering all of the, the questions. Guru, the sermon guru. <laughs> Good to have you on the other side uh, of the mic. It feels weird. I feel, um, yeah, I, I I think I like my safe spot in yeah. the host chair, to tell you the truth. My pulse is just starting to Do you feel vulnerable? Intense. I feel very vulnerable, very exposed. <laughs> I can yeah. feel my pulse in my throat. <laughs> I'm getting the sweats. We're expecting some Mark Rader wisdom wow. from you just to hype up your stress wow. a little more. Need, to have his wisdom, I feel like I need to be far more salt than pepper like yeah, in my hair true. at the moment. He's but, a bit of a silver know. fox. He's turning that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Matt, last week you told me you love me. So I'm yes. saying, I love you. Um, you can do this. Thanks, friend. That's, um, <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Let's get stuck into the big that. three. Um, so, Matt, in your sermon, you talked about these deep connections that we need to build with others as part of our evangelism, as part of getting to know each other. Um, but at the same time, to look up and notice the little things in the little moments, like that lady you had at Big W that you totally missed that opportunity. I'm not judging you at all. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that was your take. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's a terrible person. It, it was a good story. I think it really spoke it was. to the heart. It did. And, yeah. man, I've been there. I've been there. Priceline, I was like, get out. I'm not talking to any of you. <laughs> Do you have your Priceline card? No. All right, bye. That was, that was my only experience. <laughs> I feel like we've digressed. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say and what the church is asking uh, is are we minimizing God's reach by thinking that he'll only connect with those people that we know? Um, yeah, I think I get where this question is coming from. And like the short answer is no. Like ultimately to think that we can in any way minimize God's reach is like way overestimating our ability to influence God in, in any way, shape or form. Like his plans are so profound and so big that, um, and that's what I was trying to talk about a little bit on Sunday is like we get to participate in what he's doing. We don't shape what he's doing. He's, he's got that sorted for himself. Um, but I do think that the opportunity to know someone and get alongside them plays a really significant role um, in, in our evangelism and in being able to um, really share with those who don't know Jesus, who Jesus is. Um, obviously there's the alternative and Blinda shared actually with Jodine and I a few weeks ago about the whole like, you know, stereotypical standing on a milk crate and just screaming mm. God's truth out. And, you know, uh, yeah, sure. You may have a, a large catchment, 
um, and getting to know someone and really um, engaging with them and connecting with them. There's longevity in that. You, you're, it's, a, it's a commitment mm-hmm. um, and you're, you're in it for the long haul. Um, so maybe you may not be um, having as great a reach in terms of the amount of people that you're able to share Jesus with, but the depth and the intensity that you can um, and the intentionality is obviously so much deeper um, with getting alongside someone and knowing them. And I think, like I said, that it opens up some really, um, really significant opportunities. I think the first one and, and a really significant one for us in, you know, in 2020 is that um, by people knowing someone who already knows Jesus, it's able to really break down some stereotypes that they might have built up in their mind for whatever reason or society has built up in their mind for whatever reason. And that's that's significant now. Um, I think, you know, we're in the wake of a pretty intense Royal Commission into what happened, what has happened in the church. Um, We're also in the wake of um, the plebiscite and that was obviously a a outrageously heated debate. Um, And, and I guess there's a, there's some hurt um, Mm. from the wider community around the church and some mistrust um, and that really can put up some barriers for people. Um, and I think, you know, even just the term, the institution of church, mm. like that feels very cold and very impersonal. And it's very easy to kind of um, build perceptions and, and build uh, your own ideas about what an institution can do um, or what it represents or, or what it is. Um, it's far more difficult to kind of hold on to those um preconceived ideas when you actually are in the trenches with someone, when you're actually doing life with them and and getting alongside them. So I I think, you know, I I know for myself, like I I hope um, and I I definitely try to be intentional um, around like just being approachable and hopefully someone kind of, you know, being like, you're not who I thought a Christian would be. Um, yeah, that warms my heart every time someone says that little comment like, oh, but you're different, Jess, or, oh. you know, that you know, I haven't met a Christian like you before. Not that I'm exceptional, but just that I'm... <laughs> I'm not a hater of the world. <laughs> but do you know what that means? What what that is actually saying is I actually feel a sense of connection with you mm. almost despite the fact that there's something that I assumed would disconnect us. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really powerful. So I think it gives us an opportunity just through living, just by being authentic and true to who God has called us to be mm. as we live out our lives by doing that with people who don't know Jesus, who might have um, some misconceptions around who Jesus is, what he's calling um, us all into and what the church's role in that is. It actually really provides a powerful opportunity um, and a powerful space to break down those those misconceptions and those preconceived ideas so that they can get a true sense of actually who is Jesus and and what is he calling me into. But I also think, and and this is kind of, I guess, the other side of the same coin, it gives us an opportunity to really, again, get in the trenches with people and 
you know, and that was the whole piece around we need to step out of our comfort zone and, and go into other people's comfort zone. And you were saying before, you know, Jesus was known for hanging out with sinners and tax collectors mm. and it got him this reputation, but he was not concerned with public opinion mm. and social pressure. What he was concerned about was joining people where they were at. And so by getting to know someone, we we have this incredible opportunity to join in with someone where they're at. Mm. Um, and, and that's the thing because faith is a journey and it's I find it so interesting because we use this language over and over again in church. Like, you know, faith is a journey where, you know, it's we're all running the race, like we're all doing our thing, we're all seeking Jesus. And yet we expect that the success to evangelism is that someone commits their life to Jesus. Mm. And don't get me wrong, that like that is a success. But there's so many steps that, precede that um and you know and and they need someone to walk with them through those beginning steps as well it's not just oh you're ready to follow jesus well you know let me enter into your life and Mm. and help you do that it's hey you've got trust issues with the church let me sit in that with you Mm. you've got hostility and hurt towards the church let me sit in that with you. You've got these preconceived ideas around what scripture teaches and maybe that it um, it advocates for violence or um, inequality in the genders or um, social diver- like um, a lack of social diversity. Um, let me like let me be with you in that. Mm. Not necessarily um, you know I'm going to challenge you on that at every turn, but just so that we can like so that I can step into your space and, and be with you. And, you know, if and when you're ready, I'm, I'm willing to have that conversation and I'm really ready to chew the fat and really get at it. Mm. But um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be where you're at. I'm not going to expect you to come to me. I'm not going to expect you to, you know, against your almost your better judgment, like step into my comfort zone, my church, my building, my institution. Mm. I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to be with you where you're at. And I think that like that's that's a beautiful way of knowing someone. And I just kind of think about um, Brene Brown and her um, TED Talk on empathy. And it's the whole idea of it's not sticking your head into the hole that someone's falling into and going about like, man, like that sucks that you're down there. <laughs> um, it's about getting into the hole with them and being like, oh, I can see that it's really hard in here. And mm. I think there's an invitation for us to do that in getting to know people and getting to know people outside of the church because it's an opportunity to get into the hole that has been dug either by them or for them mm. um, and kind of going, this, yeah, I can see that, this is, that there are some challenges here. I can see that there are probably some barriers in your life to potentially accepting Jesus as Lord. I'm going to sit here in this hole with you. And if you want to talk about it, that's great. If you don't, I'm just going to be here for you. Like, mm. I think that's incredibly powerful. And, yeah. and I have no doubt that every single one of us um, here in this room and, and people who are listening have witnessed that in some way, shape or form, and it's been powerful for them. Um, so we should want more of that power I think I think that's so hard for our generation though because we don't like sitting in our own holes let mm. alone getting in a dark space so with someone else yeah so true we try everything we can to crawl out of any kind of uncomfortable mm. emotions and so to actually voluntarily sit with someone through that is is very countercultural. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's so powerful yeah. Yeah. yeah because I think it's it's so funny because I think it's we all crave it and yet 
um, you know, not that like, you know, I'm a digital native, I, you know, di- like I, I'm young, I'm, I'm young. young, I'm hip, no, <laughs> like I like, I like my devices, like don't get me wrong. Mm. And, and this isn't meant to be a slam on technology, but technology has disconnected us. Like, yeah, for sure. and again, like I talked about this a little bit on Sunday, but like everything is like all the innovative ideas are around, like we can save you time. Mm. Like this is going to like make your life easier, yada, yada, yada. And yet it's not. Mm. If anything, it's having a detrimental effect. Um, it's, it's phone action, not connection. Uh, ooh, oh, dang. Nice. Hashtag. I have found like, I know I go on and on and on about this, but like since disconnecting from social media, I've actually found it quite isolating mm. in that yeah. at work there's seven midwives sitting around the desk and I don't have anything to do on my phone, so I'm intentionally trying to put it away I look up to talk to people and Mm. nobody's available Mm. (laughs) everyone's looking down at their phones yeah I'm like hey guys let's chat Mm. but they're too busy on the gram no Mm. because connection isn't face-to-face anymore it's Mm. at the tip of your finger and so and curated by you yes. so you get to choose the volumes and the levels yeah. and who you see and what exactly. you don't see oh no swipe yeah, like boring. no thanks yeah. um, but also oh, you don't, you're deep. not so vulnerable then as mm. well that's because right you're just giving just enough of yourself away but to sit there and have a conversation with someone you know it's really hard for us and it's and it's <laughs> reprogramming us as humans mm. and like Again, I don't want to be like the neg and I don't want to be an alarmist, but I actually think that this is a huge issue and mm. we need to address it. And 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 it's just I, I found in this message, like as I prepared, it was just the perfect example of the way that God can created us is so much better than what the world offers us. Yeah. And I think when it comes to relationship and connection and knowing people, again, it's this beautiful example that the way God created us to connect and relate and be in community with one another is just so much better than what Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever device you're using, like whatever it looks like, it's better than all of it. Mm. And yet, you know, when we, you know, we hear a message, hopefully like the one on Sunday and it changed <laughs> everyone's lives, um, but we hear a message and we're like, yes, like that is what I want. We hear it spoken mm. and we're like, yes, like that is actually what my what my soul craves and what I want in my life. And yet we, you know, we're waiting for the bus or we're at work mm. and we're sitting at lunch and we pick up our device like and and we we pretend to connect, but really we're disconnecting. Like I just think it's this, it's not even um, humorous irony. It's just sad. Yeah, it's so Um, sad. And like, yeah, I've been off social media six weeks now and I'm the first to tell you it's really hard. Like it is isolating Mm. and you feel like you're missing out. You've got mad FOMO and all of those Mm. things. But I think it just takes a few people to disconnect to Mm. suddenly there's a few heads that are, pointing up instead of down on their phones and you have someone to talk to and practice conversation with. (laughs) And imagine if those few heads were the church. Mm. Like imagine if when society kind of took a step back and kind of looked at everyone, if they were able to kind of identify, you know what, like the Christians have got the relationships that I want. The Christians are experiencing the kind of authentic, true connection it's real it's raw it's vulnerable it's it's every day it's it's life lived out like and and they're able to identify that that's that's how Jesus makes us different like imagine the power that that has and yet like you know we live in a broken world and 
we too are kind of influenced by the way society kind of shapes our connection. And, and so we've fallen into that as well. But I think that's why um, I felt actually quite passionate about this message and, and why the significance of starting with noticing mm. was so important. Because yeah, it's, it's like stop what you're doing yeah. and look up. Um, you know, stop what you're doing, slow down and just take notice, pay attention and see what you might find. Like mm. there might be another head who's, looking you know, up. looking up, waiting for someone to mm. notice them. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, I got chills. Even what you said about <laughs> it was just such a subtle little line like when in that big W scene you set really beautifully, the woman at the front really anxiously like – jittery and stuff but the people in the line behind her were subconsciously like Mm. irritated subconsciously distressed by the fact that they were pausing and slowing down like and we've Mm. all seen it haven't we yeah we've all seen that sense of urgency Mm. um the way i drive is a clear mm. example (laughs) amen amen but like yeah public transport yeah um the line for coffee i used to work in a cafe this could have been another story but i used to work in a cafe and i just remember like during that mad rush where i'm like scolding myself on milk like trying to get these people their caffeine and like looking up and there was just like head shaking like this guy Mm. isn't fast enough someone lent on their horn behind me today because they didn't notice that there was a pedestrian crossing the road so the people with the green light couldn't go and he like lent on it for Mm. a solid 15 seconds and I was like he's angry yeah he did not have a laboring woman in in the seat next to him there was no urgency to get home and what does that do to you it gets your heart racing and you want to just get out of the way you just want to move Mm. like yeah our, our world is just yeah it just constantly reinforces this this undercurrent in our culture of of pace and it's about you and Mm. and yeah we just we need to be different and it starts with knowing so yeah mic drop (laughs) all right let's get stuck into question number two so matt question number two how do we open ourselves up to know new people while also setting healthy boundaries i guess this is a really interesting question because i think probably the thing that people have mostly on their mind is that they're busy. Mm. Have you been? Oh, I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think boundaries are an important thing, but I guess also carving time mm. out is an important thing and being intentional, like not being on the mm. social. Mm. So um, thoughts on that? Yeah, like I think uh, absolutely. I think boundaries are essential and I think self-care is imperative. Mm. Um, you know, you need to be in a good place in order to kind of, you know, to continue the analogy, to get in the hole with someone. Mm. Um, you know, you don't need to have everything sorted out, don't get me wrong, because then we'd never help one another. Um, but you do need to be kind of keep in check of yourself and, um, yeah, really kind of taking that step back and kind of going, where am I in this? Um, what triggers are happening for me? How is this impacting me? Um, so, like, huge, huge believer in setting healthy boundaries yeah. you know what's my capacity right now um and and w- like how can i work in that space without overwhelming myself to the point where now i need someone to notice me because i'm i'm crumbling so yeah. like i just want to like validate the importance of that yeah. um i think another thing to kind of consider in this space is um 
like the whole the whole point of of plan A and, and particularly um, knowing and getting to know people who um, don't yet know Jesus is this is not meant to be ministry. Like we're not meant to view this as work or as you know my service to the kingdom. They're meant to be. It's it's about seeking out genuine friendships with people. It's about like really connecting with them and and doing life with them. And, you know, it's like what I said on Sunday. Um, it's not about making friends just to convert them. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that if there's more of a natural friendship, then, you know, friendship is meant to be a bit of give and take. Um, so, you know, you can you can still receive from that friendship. Whereas, you know, I think ministry can be really emotionally, spiritually, physically draining. And so in that space, you really have to exercise those boundaries. Like Jess, I think about Friday nights and, you know, being at youth, like we get here at six, we set up, we run a program, we leave at 11. Like it's five hours of just nonstop, you know, thinking through what's the message going to be? How am I going to facilitate a discussion with a group of teenagers? How am I going to have this one-on-one conversation with this teenager? Mm. Now I need to run around and like, and, and build up the energy in this game and, and we're racing go-karts around the place, like, and my calves hurt, like, <laughs> um, skip leg, leg day. Like, you know, it just, it, it drains you on every yeah. level. But, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, my friendships, both people who are believers in Jesus and not, fill me up. Like when I spend time with them, I leave feeling refreshed and rejuvenated. And so I think if you find yourself in a situation where you're like this, this relationship is like, I feel myself maybe drowning in it or feeling overwhelmed by it, or that maybe there aren't healthy boundaries. Then I I wonder if you need to ask yourself the question, am I treating this relationship as ministry and not as a as a friendship, because the whole purpose of this principle is where you are, whatever you're doing, like we want to see other people follow Jesus. And so, you know, the people that you know who don't know, yet know Jesus, just be intentional about it, like be present for them. And um, yeah, so because it's a friendship, I do think that you're probably in a space where I hope, I don't want to assume, but I hope that you're in a space where you get as much out of that relationship as you put in. And so there's some balance in that, which is super helpful. Um, But I think it's also really important to then um, have a sounding board. I think this is the, we talked about the, um, Raiders spoke about, uh, I think it was last week in the big three about how um, the, uh, how evangelism and discipleship are kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, I think, having a sounding board is where discipleship becomes an essential part of your evangelism. So, you know, being a part of GBC, the big thing is being a life group, like have a group of people who are following Jesus, who do know what it is to kind of um, have this fire in your gut and this desire and this call to make disciples of all the nation Mm. and, and use them as the encouragement, use them as the sounding board, use them as the people that you get to come back to and kind of go, Hey, this is what's happening with my friend. This is what's going on. This is where I feel completely in out of my depth. This is where I feel like I don't know what I need to say, what I need to be doing, but also like, Hey, these are some of the things that I'm experiencing. I'm finding it really draining. I'm finding it overwhelming. I'm finding like that maybe there's, there's some, 
unhealthy dynamics to this relationship. And then there's, you've got a group of people, you've got a, a safe group of people who um, can keep you accountable to that and kind of, you know, identify that when you're a little bit too close to the, to the canvas, so to speak, you know, you're up, you're up right up um, looking at the brush strokes and they're actually the ones stepping back and kind of going, well, actually we see the big picture. You're seeing all the mm. detailed work that's going into this, but we're seeing the big picture and it's, it's a mess. It's a, it's a hot mess. <laughs> it's a hot mess. Um, and, and, you know, and there's some, there's accountability, but then there's also ongoing support in that space mm. as well. You know, well then how do I, how do I get that balance back? Um, what, what do, what does, what do I need to be doing in this friendship to kind of, um, have those healthy dynamics to have those healthy boundaries and you've got people there you're not doing it on your own in the same way that relationships are an essential part of our evangelism relationships are just an essential part of our life Mm. um and so you can't not that you can't obviously people do i'm not sure if we're built to do things like this by ourselves and so you want to have people in your life that you can come back to who can kind of be the unbiased, objective opinion in the room. Um, Because when you're dealing with people, when you're dealing with relationships, man, I don't know about you, but I I have skin in the game. Mm. And like just even putting myself in there puts me in a position of vulnerability, which is, you know, as I spoke about on Sunday, it's part of the point. Like we need to be vulnerable. It's an, it's important. Mm. Um, but that, yeah, absolutely. It opens you up for her. And so having people who are removed is like, that's your safety net yeah. and, and use that, trust that, find that in your life um, because it's important. Um, it's, yeah, it's super important. Jodes, as someone who's kind of struggled with this and and thought a lot about how they can kind of protect themselves and set some boundaries and things, what are some things that you've done either practically or you've thought about to kind of help yourself with this? It sounds really interesting, but I think being kind of close up to nudging midlife, uh, I've had to kind of go back and reset and ask myself the question, what do my boundaries look like now? Because they look very different to when I was 20 year old, mm. 20 years old and just up all night and just drinking slushies and not having to sleep so much. <laughs> I'm it's 24 like, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the complete opposite now Yeah. Now that I've doubled in age. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think, and like you say, Matt, relationships are so vital and it takes you being, I guess, um, someone who engages in relationship and has mutual benefit from it to then understand how to go and do that well. And I think as you get older, you also realize that you choose your friends wisely and Mm. you choose your connections really intentionally. Mm. When you're younger, you're just like, you know, thousands of friends one inch deep, but now it's the complete opposite as you get Mm. older. So I think looking at that question, you know, how do we open ourselves while also setting healthy boundaries? I think you've really got to know your own internal, um, red flags and mm. and green flags yeah, and start to listen to your body because mm. if you're like, yeah, I'm you know, over my head, <laughs> this mm. is too much and maybe even having to express that to people and be honest but then that's part of relationship as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, we also, I think, have to look at our own motives. Like why am I, am I getting into this relationship because I want some kind of power or yeah. adulation or mm. a scalp that I can talk about like that I'm helping someone? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
that's it's not authentic. So mm. I think you, you've also got to look at your motives and, again, go and sit in the hole with yourself before you're going yeah. to sit in the hole. Mm. If you're sitting in way too many other people's holes, as like to yeah, yeah. we're <laughs> talking about. That's going to be a little <laughs> creepy. Yeah. We'll keep going. S- sitting in the trenches with people's yeah. motives. And we're not doing it for ourselves and mm. with mm. God, then I'm like, why are you there? Are you trying to scratch the Distraction. Yeah. Distraction, yeah. avoiding. Um, yeah. So I think when we can do it for ourselves, then, yeah, you're going to take that into your other relationships. And I think, like, if this isn't a, if this isn't a genuine relationship, it, it will unravel, like, like every relationship. So I do think that, and that's where you'll start to find yourself, and I'm saying the proverbial you, um, that's where we might find ourselves kind of going, oh, you know, are there boundaries or are there unhealthy things in there? Absolutely. We might have brought some of that yeah. into into this space. Um, in fact, we might be the only ones who bring it into our space, which again is why there's it's such a significant step to have that safety net and that sounding board and people who can challenge and push back and be like, mm. the way you talk about this, oh, like there are some red flags. Um mm. Because, you know, the person who just goes out on the corner and screams at people um, and has no sense of accountability around their behavior, like that's not, that's not healthy. And I think we, I'm assuming we can agree that that's not a healthy way of doing things. <laughs> I um, second that. You yeah. second yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. Um, now that we're all on the same page. So like, yeah, we should absolutely be doing this together. And I, I think what you were saying before, Joe's around like, you know, back when you're young, you, you know, you're just friends with everyone and mm. um but when, as you get older you know you're friends with few and you choose depth yeah you choose depth um i think the challenge is is that regardless of age we should be choosing depth and we need to we need to do the classic like we need to prioritize quality over quantity mm. i think again sometimes particularly with evangelism and this was you're talking about like getting your scalp like it's all about like look at all the people that i'm sharing Jesus with. And, hey, that, like, you know, Jesus threw seeds out everywhere, which way, like, he was the sower just doing his mm. thing. And I get it, but he was, you know, he was also Jesus. So like, <laughs> we just, a little bit of perspective there. But, um, yeah, like, absolutely. We, like, if you've got one person who you're just, like, you're going to be my person and I'm going to mm. be super intentional with you, I'm just going to be present with you and as things come up, I'm going to be real with you, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to share Jesus with you. Um, then, and, 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 and it's just one person and you never actually see them come to faith. Mm. I actually still think that that's, that's honoring God. That's living out the great commission. That's doing what we've been called to do. And I actually think that that's better than just yelling in people's faces everywhere. I mean, the example that you used in Matthew, um, chapter nine was, you know, Jesus noticed this tax collector and said, Hey, let's have dinner. There were other people around the table but that connection with Matthew and that he well we don't know what happened to the other guys Mm. but that 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 relationship continued and grew Mm. deeper and and Matthew decided to follow Jesus it was I mean they were strangers they weren't besties to Mm. start with it was you know he went out on a bit of a limb there but um just that he followed on with that one Mm. relationship rather than trying to be friends with the the Everyone and Jesus did that. Like he had the 12 disciples, but he also had the three. Like mm. he, he had 
you know, wasn't there the 77 or something like that? Like there was an even bigger group and then there was the circle in which was the 12. And 120. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, I'm not finished Bible college, so I don't know <laughs> these things. Um, and then he had the 12 and then he had the three. And then really you could even go like, and then there was Peter. Like he's. What a lucky guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> two I see. Um, and so, you know, even even Jesus kind of was like, um, like you're my few. Like yeah. um, so yeah, why would we recreate the wheel a little bit? Um, but, yeah, anyway, I think we've digressed from boundaries now, but it's all good. All right, awesome. Let's get stuck into <laughs> question three. So, Matt, at the end of your sermon, you talked about the fact that this is our call and this is, you know, the big part of plan A is to is to make deep connections with people Um in, and start kind of slowing down and noticing things. But how do we actually identify the people um, that we should be paying attention to? Mm. Yeah, I think, like, I think the first thing is, is uh, are there people in your world who do not know Jesus? Um, you know, who who is in your immediate circle and who who in that space doesn't know Jesus because I think sometimes when it comes to evangelism we have this perception that we just need to go out you know I'm going to go on mission overseas or I'm going to do you know this program where I just you know roam the streets and just tap people on the shoulders and don't get me wrong like there's a time and place for that and and I don't want to belittle what those programs do but it again it, it creates this misperception that um, you need to stop everything that you're doing in order to do evangelism. Mm. And that it can't happen here and in now in your postcode. And if anything, it should happen there first before you do anything else. Absolutely. And so we need to, we just need to take that idea and we need to throw it away. Like we just need to get rid of it because evangelism happens in the itty gritty everyday moments that we find ourselves in. So the best place for you to first look, if you're trying to figure out who do I need to be paying attention to? Like who is that person that maybe God is saying, I need to know a little bit more. And my question to you is, who doesn't know Jesus? Who do you know who doesn't yet know Jesus? Because, you know, for a lot of us, um, we can really quickly and easily um, just get really comfortable in our Christian bubble, um, you know, and, and I'm, I was a huge, um, culprit of this when, you know, I, I, um, bloomed late to Jesus. I was a late bloomer (laughs) to Jesus, um, and didn't come to church until I was 19, came to GBC and just like fell in love with the place. You know, there's a reason why I'm still here. Like just fell in love with this place. There was something about it and it just became home. I made amazing friends here, incredible friends, lifelong friends, and I just, I wanted to do nothing else with my time than be here. Mm. And what it meant was that my family who aren't believers, my school friends who aren't believers, people who I worked with who aren't believers, people who I'd known for years and years and years, I completely shut the door on. Um, and it caused a lot of hurt. Like I've had to kind of repair some of those relationships because I just like, it felt so good to be here. It felt so safe. And I just, you know, and, and there's some, there's some value in that, obviously, like there's a reason we're called to be a community of believers. There's a reason we're called to be the church. And, and I was just experiencing that, but like I was high on Mm. it, like, and, 
And it totally created this Christian bubble where the key people in my life um, were believers. And, you know, again, there's there's value in that. I, I had people encouraging me, supporting me, keeping me accountable. That was fantastic. But, you know, if I were to have heard the message from Sunday, I would have looked around my my world mm. and just been like, oh, I don't know who I could get alongside to help yeah. them know Jesus because I'd completely isolated myself from them all. We had a great example of that. One of our youth leaders, who dedicated, amazing youth leader, actually ended up finishing youth because he said that his mission was Friday Arvo drinks at work mm. and that like yeah. instead of, you know, this very obvious mission and evangelism of youth group he said i need to build relationships with the people i work with yep. so they can know jesus and the way i'm going to do that is friday arvo drinks mm. i've never been able to go to that before because i've been at youth and yep. i was like wow <laughs> there's and absolutely like i want to validate that mm. i want to say yes mate like go for it yeah and so yeah you really need to i think we all need to kind of just take it again take a step back slow down and just pay attention to who's who's in our immediate circle um, and and who can we get alongside? Now, if you look at your circle and you're like, oh, man, I found, I'm in a Christian bubble. Mm. Well, then, you know. I'd, I'd Join a club. Jo- yeah. You know, <laughs> start dancing I'd, I'd encourage something. you to, 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 to start paying attention, to maybe start yeah. noticing where, where you can be. But the truth is, like, if we're all being honest, there's someone. Like, mm. there's no, like, it's that we've just never noticed them before. Um, it's not that there aren't like people who don't yet know Jesus. Like I think about my own life. Um, obviously I mentioned my family, but like our eldest son Harper just started school this year. And so we just have this community just opened up to us of the most delightful parents I've ever experienced. Mm. Like I, for the first two weeks after Zeke, our most recent um, addition to the family, for the first two weeks after he was born, I could not leave school pickup without a gift from a random person. Oh, like them. beautiful people. Yeah. I would love to be their friends. Why don't I? Like yeah. our kids can play. Like it's, <laughs> you know, like why aren't like I need to take opportunities there. Harper's mm. taken up sport. Um, they're they're open to another community, or like even a little bit more closer in, I've got three kids. Like, you know, I want to raise them to know Jesus, but, you know, they don't know him the way I know him yet. And so even that, there's an invitation there to use the relationship that I have with my sons Mm. to help them in their journey to get to know Jesus. Now, they're not at the point yet to, as far as I'm aware, to make a declaration. Zeke's ready. Zeke's ready. He's got those hands raised. (laughs) he could do with a little bit of Jesus in his life to tell the truth. He needs some grace, particularly at 2 a.m. But, um, you know, there are steps to be taken before my boys make that declaration of faith. Mm. Man, I, I want to be the one who, who walks them along that way. So, yeah, I think the first thing is, are you in a Christian bubble? But really, there is no such thing as a Christian bubble. There are people in your world who you already have a relationship with that you could be intentional with to just, you know, continue to do life with. Like, you don't even have to meet someone new. It's just to continue and to just be intentional as you enter that space each and every time. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, just finding that most natural space where you can be intentional. And, like, just choose one. 
again, like mm. don't feel like you need to convert the nations yeah. as much as, you know, that's what Jesus says, go and make disciples of all the nations. But, <laughs> you know, he was to talking him. to the crowd. He wasn't <laughs> just talking to, you know, so like, you know, is it your work friends? Is it your sport friends? Is it the parents of your kids' friends at school? Is it your immediate family? Like, and just, you know, choose one and just be super intentional in that space um, because they are there. They are there. Mm. And I guarantee you already by them knowing you, um, the Holy Spirit is softening their hearts. And so um, like some of the work is already done, guys, like and you haven't even been trying, Mm. like you haven't even thought about it. But yet, you know, by them knowing you, they are experiencing Jesus because you have Jesus and you are seeking to live out Jesus in your life. So like the work's already started. Imagine how much more can happen if you just start thinking about it more, praying about it more, considering it a little bit more and being a little bit more intentional when you step into that space, when you step into that coffee date, that dinner, that catch up, whatever it is. And, you know, it might be weeks, months, years, um, but I guarantee you there will be a question and it might be really simple. It might be really quick, but it'll be there and that will be significant. And really, it just gives us a whole lot of excuses to go out for brunch. Oh, my days. Like, come on, guys. Like, (laughs) we lived in lockdown. Like, COVID has, like, you know, really impacted my social calendar. And, you know, I'm pretty much just giving you an out and saying, like, go hang out. Like, (laughs) pick up the phone and call someone and say, let's grab a a latte. Like, (laughs) do it. Call someone that gives me anxiety just saying those words. Oh, really? Yeah, I love phone a good, calls really. Uh, upset this is me. where this is where my wife and I disagree because she's all about the text message, yeah. but I'll do the phone call, and I love a phone call. <laughs> really? I love a phone Why don't call. You answer my phone calls. But, oh. oh gosh! Oh, because <laughs> you know I'm calling you about something. <laughs> wow, this just got heated. <laughs> it's turned into an intervention. I can feel the eyes. I can feel the eyes. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I'll take you up on that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I love a good chat. Like, yeah. So yeah, we've noticed. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any extra thoughts on that, Jodes, that question? I think, um, you know, the people who are most influential in people's faith journey are their family members. Mm. For, for children, it's their parents. Mm. So you can never write yourself off mm. out of that. Uh, and then your friends. So mm. they are the most influential and it's the things that, I guess appeal or speak the loudest to people is how they live that out in their life mm. and stories of where they've changed because of it. Yeah. So, you know, how do you identify those people? They're already around you and yeah. they're actually identifying you. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, I like that. And it doesn't have to be a huge step out. We don't have to suddenly go up to our work friend and be like, you need to know Jesus because I'm friends with you. It's just getting in the trench with them from time to time and, you know, maybe Jesus comes up naturally, maybe you just mm. need to live it out and wait for them to come to you or whatever mm. it is. It's, it doesn't have to be terrifying. Yeah. I don't think it has to be the head game that we make it out to. Mm. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, like if you, I guess, you'll ooze it out of your pores. You're like, yeah, I went to youth on Friday. It was awesome. And, you know, this, and you're just sharing. Mm. People go, okay, if you can normalise it, then they can normalise it. Yeah. Um, You can tell, you know, you can tell how people are living it and that's the thing that people find attractive or not. Mm. Mm. 
It's good. I've it's loved good. this discussion. This has been so good. Thanks, <laughs> Matt, for bringing all of your wisdom. You did deliver, <laughs> so I, very good. Did I get some grey hairs out of it? Yeah. Maybe I'm becoming a bit more like Radar. Yeah, I can see a few from here. <laughs> wow, thanks yeah, for that. Heavy days. Love that. Love well, that for us. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, heaps. Jodes, anything that kind of you you really thought, oh, that's something I'm going to meditate on, or anything that stood out to you from that discussion? I think things like this are always a good discussion mm. and like to normalise evangelism because we've just made it into this big, scary, um, unrelational thing. Yeah. Like just it almost just, I can just imagine people just heavy breathing, just like <laughs> <laughs> waiting to kind of like lurch on someone and yeah. it's not that. <laughs> That's so creepy. It's not that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the everyday uh, and I guess opening our hearts to authenticity and vulnerability and sharing and listening to someone. Mm. Um, that's the thing that speaks volumes to people and it's just so much less effort than we think. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it does take stepping out of our kind of cultural context and, and working hard at it initially, I think. And so that's the challenge, I suppose, is actually taking notice of who you're taking notice of. Yeah. 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 And, and it's always those kind of small incremental practices like, the you know, hearing you going off social media for six weeks, that's, that's huge mm-hmm. in our culture. But I bet it was really hard to stop doing initially because mm-hmm. you naturally just grab your phone and want to start mm-hmm. scrolling. You're like, oh, oh, stop. And that would have taken a few weeks. Now you're into it and now you're like, I'm experiencing the social isolation of people not looking yeah. at me because they're all yeah. busy doing it. And then even the disconnectedness. So it just takes time. And like you're still doing the same thing. It hasn't changed, but your experience of it has changed give it another couple of months, it's going to be a whole different experience because mm. you're living into it differently. And so it's, it's really brave of you to do that. But, it's, yeah, it's those little miniature practices that we're doing daily which then open up big doors. Yeah, for sure. And that's the challenge for us, I guess. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Well, mm. thanks so much, Jodes, for coming along, being a part of the convo. Jess, my pleasure, and you do such a great job. <laughs> thanks. If you guys want to be a part of the conversation too, make sure you're there at one of our services on Sunday and you snap the Slido QR code before the sermon to get involved. If you've enjoyed the Big 3 podcast today, take the time to give a star rating and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all future episodes. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's Big 3 and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small and no question too big. 